0: Good morning, and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application. Present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes... Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. I've been a Christian for many years now, never regretted anything because I was a Christian. You know what I mean. I didn't participate or go to certain environments that at the time I considered inappropriate for me or my family. I amazed my young children in London once many years ago when my wife and I stood up, left a theatre production in London because we considered it to be too sleazy for the children in particular and for our testimony as well. Anyway, all that to say that we have been down a long road with no regrets as children of our Heavenly Father. Today, I want to say that after all these years, I saw some information that I never knew before about symbols of Christianity. Maybe I should have, maybe I just missed it. I'm sure you are familiar with the symbol of the fish. It is used to decorate cars and books, documents, boats, and other possessions, including our homes. Just like in the very early days of Christianity, when the symbol of the fish was used to identify a person as a believer in Jesus Christ. Of course it was introduced at a time when in many places being a Christian was to be guilty of treason and many early Christians were martyred for their faith. So the fish symbol came to be a mark of being a believer when only other believers should know and understand that the symbol identified the owner as a believer. The authorities would not be aware of this clandestine mark of identity. The believers would be safe from harm, from arrest, from persecution, but other believers would be able to identify the owner as a friend and a comrade, and trust them in discussing things of the faith without fear. A word perhaps better said, an acrostic from the Greek word for fish. These letters, or the word fish in Greek, often accompanied the symbol of this fish, These were the letters I-X-T-H-Y-S. Try and visualize them in your mind. I-X-T-H-Y-S, the Greek word for fish, I'm told. It used to be there with the symbol of the fish. A Roman looking at this combination would never guess its meaning. All it was was a fish symbol with that word for fish underneath. The acronym which is a Greek set of words, took the first letters and made the title in Greek that stood for Jesus Christ, Son of God, our Savior. I never knew that. It was their secret symbol, not just the fish, but the word fish with an acronym from the letters of the word fish in Greek, a clever and precious utilization of symbols, letters, and an acrostic to recognize that they were blood-bought members of the family of God. Believe us in the Lord Jesus Christ, their Saviour.
1: I cried holy But then I said
0: Today, all this is interesting history and fascinating commentary. I knew about the symbol of the fish, like I say, for many years. I'd even seen those letters, but had never understood that they stood for Jesus himself. And I knew this was centered in the Greek language. What I don't think I ever understood before was the word. While it was Greek for fish, was also that acronym. Jesus Christ, Son of God, our Savior. Sing it all. I guess I missed that connection or forgot it over the years. It was a thrill, though, to consider all this yet again and to remember for a time how our brothers and our sisters in the first century struggled with their faith. Today, as I say, is an interesting history bit. Back then, it was literally life and death. I'm grateful for the relative freedom which I have to worship God today, as I choose, here in the Bahamas. Aren't you?
2: Why would you, the God of greatness, simply love someone like me? And how could you, so pure and perfect, know my thoughts, yet meet my needs? I'll never know or understand what you see in me my mind is amazed to think your plans include me for eternity it must be love it must Must be love. You keep turning my sorrow into blessings. That's your love and nothing else. Forgiving my sin and then forgetting that's your love and nothing less.
0: And now, with this message for today, here's our pastor, Alan Lee. Good morning.
3: As you are all undoubtedly aware, we are celebrating our 40th anniversary as an independent nation this year. A nation that was intended and expressly stated by the framers of our Constitution to be established upon not only the law of man but also upon an abiding respect for the law of God as reflected specifically in the Christian faith. The final sentence of the preamble to the Constitution sums this intention well. I quote it now. We hereby provide by these articles for the indivisible unity and creation under God of the Commonwealth of the Bahamas. End of quote. That's how these majestic objectives were stated by the framers of our Constitution. Now, however, Some self-designated progressive Bahamians are of another persuasion altogether. They want any reference to Christianity to be removed from our constitution altogether. They do not want our Bahamalan to be defined as distinctly Christian, but merely as religious or even the more vague spiritual, which would allow for the tacit national approval of a faith that would even embrace Satanism as our moral and spiritual compass. I am thankful that the Constitutional Review Committee has responded to Bahamian citizens' plea that no changes should be made to the preamble of the Bahamas Constitution. I am thankful for that. However, I am disappointed and even saddened that, quoting now from page 9 of Tuesday's Tribune two weeks ago, they rejected the idea that the reference to Christian and spiritual values should be enshrined as part of the Constitution, end of quote. I believe that this is a short-sighted conclusion and shows a lack of knowledge of the times in which we live as Bahamians. Now, as an aside, I was somewhat concerned, though not completely surprised, to note that front-page space was given to the Committee's response to capital punishment and to gambling. Whereas reference to the issue of Christian values was delegated to a small sidebar on page nine of that issue of the newspaper. Media priorities are quite evident here. But that aside, I would like to take this opportunity as we celebrate our 40th year of independence and when the vital issue of possible amendments to our Constitution is being considered to explain why I believe the reference to Christian values should remain in that preamble and that serious consideration should be given to it being enshrined in the body of the Constitution as well. First, I contend that a definitive reference to Christian values serves as the standard or norm by which our nation is to be characterized. It is my considered opinion that if it is removed and replaced by such vague terms as religious or spiritual values without the defining term Christian, it would, from a moral standpoint, open the way for our nation to become a Wild West nation, open to any and every form of unrighteousness and ungodly behavior. It would remove one of our primary foundations as a people and any incentive or, or reason to build our nation under God, as envisioned by our founding fathers. It is vitally important, my friends, for us to understand that philosophically speaking, the constitution of a nation manifests the collective moral code of that nation. I repeat, the constitution of a nation manifests the collective moral code of that nation. That's why I believe that specific reference to Christianity as being the moral standard for the Commonwealth of the Bahamas is so important, it describes the collective moral code of our nation. No other religion does this, my friend, none now, while being fully aware of the fact that we are not a theocracy, it must also be borne in mind that neither are we a nation void of a moral compass, and our fondant father fathers wisely determined that Christianity is our true north when it comes to spiritual values. I say it again, it describes the collective moral code of our nation. And as our national anthem puts it so beautifully, it lays out a road for us to trod that would lead us to our God. We must not close down this road or remove it altogether. However, now having said that, I would be quick to remind you also and to emphasize that no matter how many times we place the term Christian or Christianity in our constitution, that in itself would not constitute either you, me, or the nation Christian. Both terms, Christian and Christianity, refer to a way of life, the way we live, not a status or a political state or condition. To be Christian means to be like Christ, and that comes only through regeneration by the Holy Spirit, as a result of placing faith alone in Christ alone as the basis for our salvation. It is a result of a personal choice, not a government mandate. However, it gives us a path to follow which will lead us to our God as a people. Now, the following remarks are taken from a position paper I was asked to present at the 2000 colloquium when the matter of amending the Constitution was first introduced the topic given to me at that time was the church, state, society, and the constitution from a historical, biblical, and philosophical perspective. Unfortunately, however, due to the time constraints at that time, I was not able to complete my presentation in full. It was not, of course, to be an exposition of a certain passage of scripture, as is my usual practice, although biblical principles undergirded the entire presentation. However, I did show how these biblical principles impacted Bahamian history and philosophy of both the law and the government. I have prepared a booklet with the complete presentation. It is available at the church for those interested in acquiring a copy. Today's message reflects only a small part of the first of several reasons I presented to the 2000 colloquium as to why I believe the specific reference to Christian values should be a part of our Constitution. It should be embedded within it. That reason was that the inherent Christian factor in Bahamian history, and as it is reflected in its Constitution. Let me repeat that. The inherent Christian factor in Bahamian history, and as it is reflected in its Constitution. I quote now from my original presentation. From the very beginning of our history, Whether technically true or not, the Hamans have considered their homeland to be Christian. Undoubtedly, it was this inherent felt conviction that motivated the framers of our Constitution to emphasize within its preamble that government is to have an abiding respect for Christian values and rule of law and to recognize the supremacy of God, and that they would, to quote the final sentence of the preamble once again, Hereby provide by these articles for the indivisible unity and creation under God of the Commonwealth of the Bahamas. Now let's look at these words in this preamble. Abiding, it means to be steadfast, enduring, tenacious, persistent, permanent, and lasting. To recognize, it means to admit, to endorse, and to honor or to pay homage to. Now understood in these terms... If such references are removed from our Constitution, as is being suggested by some, I put it to you that this would make the entire original Bahamian Constitution of 1973 a worthless document, because it would rip out its very heart, as carefully inserted by the framers of our Constitution. This is so because it is quite evident that the Constitution upon which the Commonwealth of the Bahamas draws its lifeblood was and is the product of what I call a Christian ethos. It reflects the collective moral code of Bahamians. This was a clear acknowledgement by the framers of the Constitution that God stands over and above the nation, and that, in the words of renowned British preacher Peter Marshall, I quote, the highest role a nation can place is to reflect God's righteousness in national policy at all times. Let me repeat that quote from Peter Marshall. The highest role a nation can play is to reflect God's righteousness in national policy at all times. Friends, Bahamians can well join with the American historian Murch, who stated regarding the birth of the United States of America, and I quote, seldom, if ever in the history of the world, has a nation been born in a more religious atmosphere. End of quote. However, I would dare say that the Commonwealth of the Bahamas is an exception to that pronouncement. I put it to you that there is no such thing as a valid history of the Commonwealth of the Bahamas and its culture apart from religion and in, in general and from Christianity in particular. I would dare say that it is even more important than Junkanoo in this regard. However, as I hastily add, while our constitution rightly assures that the basic religious freedom of both the church and the citizens rests in the separation of church and state. It most certainly does not divorce religion and in particular Christianity from the state. Clearly, not only does the constitution of the Commonwealth of the Bahamas recognize God and his transcendent authority, but it also guarantees that the Bahamian citizen has every right to free exercise of his or her religion without undue interference of the government. That right is the privilege of all Bahamian citizens, whatever their faith. My friends, that is not true in many of the other nations of the world, but it is true of every nation that acknowledges the Christian faith as the basis for its values and morality. I say, therefore, that any reframers or reformers of our Constitution must always bear in mind the vital historical role the Church has played in the framing of both the English and American constitutions, which, of course, have also greatly influenced our own Constitution. Legal scholars, historians, politicians, and clergymen are consistent in their conclusion that the political and legal institution of the U.S., had a Christian base, and that colonial government as well as the present constitutional system of both England and the U.S. were modeled after church polities. For instance, historian Kemp Martin states, and I quote, the presbyteries and synods of pre-revolutionary times exhibited a pattern for a union and central organization without any loss of fundamental rights. It was from this church structure that the formula coordinating the large and the small states into one union came about. The College of Cardinals of the Catholic Church formed the pattern for the Electoral College for electing the president and the vice president. End of quote. I say, therefore, again, to remove any reference to Christianity from the Constitution, of the Commonwealth of the Bahamas would be not only to rip up its historical constitutional roots— but also to rip out his very heart because it is unquestionably the product of a Christian ethos. I contend that it still exists today. Christianity, more than any other religion, best describes the collective moral code of Bahamians. Let's have it enshrined in our constitution because it certainly is enshrined within the history on heart of most Bahamians. As always this is Pastor Lee saying Sila, think and act on these things.
4: It can happen in a
0: You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas.
4: Great command is promised, he will surely come. And-